If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world will love you as its own. But because you're not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you. A servant is no greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will also keep yours. But all these things they will do to you on account of my name, because they do not know him who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not have been guilty of sin. But now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father also. If I had not done among them the worst that no one else did, they would not be guilty of sin. But now they have seen and hated both me and the Father. But the word that is written in their law must be fulfilled. They hated me without a cause. But when the Helper comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. And you will also bear witness, because you have been with me from the beginning. I have said all these things to you to keep you from falling away. They will put you out of the synagogues. Indeed, the hour is coming when whoever kills you will think he is offering service to God. And they will do these things because they have not known the Father nor me. But I have said these things to you that when the hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. The word of the Lord. Our Heavenly Father, we give you praise and thanks for your word, but it, because it is a living sword. And it penetrates, dips into our minds and our souls, and it discerns our thoughts and everything that we are and that we think. And Lord, as we approach your word this morning, and as that word is being preached to us, let us reflect on what is it that we came to see. What is it that we came to hear? Did we come here looking for a therapist, a psychologist, a life coach, a motivational speaker? No, Lord, we have come to hear from you, from your word. That word that instructs us, that teaches us, that rebukes us. That's what we want to hear today, Lord. And we know that we cannot do this out of ourselves, but we can only do this out of your grace, working in us and through us. And we ask, Lord, that you will do so today as we listen to your word once more, so that we might not only be hearers of the word, but also doers of it. We ask, Lord, that you will be with Steve as he opens up his mouth. And I know, Lord, how, how trembling and, and serious it is to be a preacher and to preach and proclaim your word, because we're saying, thus says the Lord. And we take it, Lord, with great seriousness. 
And we want to make sure, Lord, that you are the one speaking through us. So do so today with great power. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you, Gaby. The big orange splotch Mr. Plumbing lived on a street where all the houses were the same. He liked it that way. So did everybody else on Mr. Plumbing's street. This is a neat street, they would say. Then one day, a seagull flew over Mr. Plumbing's house, and he was carrying a can of bright orange paint, no one knows why, and he dropped the can, no one knows why, right over Mr. Plumbean's house. It made a big orange splot on Mr. Plumbean's house. Ooh, too bad, everybody said. Mr. Plumbean will have to paint his house again. But rather than painting it like everyone else's house, he painted it with all kinds of bright, flashy colors. He added stripes. He added pictures of elephants and lions. He added a clock tower. He planted palm trees in front of his house. like that. And the neighbors didn't like it at all. The neighbors were very angry with Mr. Plumbing and his house. Why? Mr. Plumbing, you have to be just like us if you're going to live on this street. If you were of the world, the world would love you because the world loves its own. But what if you're not of the world? That's what Jesus is talking about in our text today. So our series, as you know, is The Imperfect Community. We are studying the words that Jesus spoke to his disciples in the upper room before he was crucified. So today we're going to look at those words at the end of chapter 15 of John. And you know, as we consider these words today, you look at these words and you think, wow, Jesus was not much of a salesman. He was not much of a, of a marketer or of a recruiter. Because his recruitment brochure read like this. If you're going to follow me, you have to hate your father and mother and your sister and your brother. You have to lose your life. 
You have to give away all your money to the poor. If someone slaps you in the face, then just turn your cheek and let them slap you again. Things like that. And now, if you are a follower of Jesus, you will be hated. Welcome to discipleship. Welcome to the Jesus team. Well, the words of our text are not difficult to understand, but the words of our text are difficult. So here's the main idea this morning. Not long, very short. The world hates you, but heaven helps you, so bear witness. The world hates you, but heaven helps you, so bear witness. Now, our outline is also very simple. I know that you're coming off a of spring break, and so I just thought we'd go easy this morning. So two simple main points and then a few applications. So point number one, fill in the blank here. Fill in the blank. That'll help you get kind of back into the rhythm of school, okay, writing and all of that. I know you haven't written for a week. Number one, hate from the world. Hate from the world. So in chapter 15... Uh, Jesus has just been talking about abiding and bearing fruit and loving and being friends and all of that. And now, in verse 18, he comes to this. If the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you at its own as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Got that? Jesus is being very blunt here. If you are a disciple of Jesus, you will be hated by the world, even persecuted. So if you're here this morning and you're not a Christian, and you're thinking about becoming a Christian, yeah, you better think carefully about that. You better listen to these words. And notice that these words, it's not like they're hidden in fine print. It's not like they're buried somewhere. I mean, it's right there in my Bible in red ink. And that's how it is. You're going to be hated if you're a follower of Jesus. Now, why? Why is that? Well, Jesus goes on to explain that. So, again, in your notes here, two reasons why Christians will be hated. Two reasons. Number one, you are not of the world. You are not of the world. Now, what does that mean? Well, first of all, what does the world mean? And that, that term, the world... And we've talked about that before. We've talked about it, I think, uh, even in this series. But a while back, when we looked at 1 John, we talked about a definition of what the world means. But let's just review for a second. It's important. The word world is, is, uh, has several definitions or, or, or uh, differences as opposed, uh, according to what its context is. But in this context, it in very simple terms, it refers to a world of people who are basically living without God. It's like a, a society that leaves God out. The, the system of the world that doesn't pay attention to the things of God. Now, in 1 John, the apostle 
same writer here, he warned Christians by saying, don't love the world. Because the world, again, in this context, the world does not do the will of the Father. So those who are in the world, those who are of the world, are not doing the will of the Father. And then he goes on to say, and the characteristics of being in the world include this, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes, and the pride of life. And goes on to say that the world is going to be passing away. So, life lived without God. Sounds pretty pagan. And yet, in this context, who is Jesus talking to? Or who is he talking about when he, says, when he talks about the world? He's talking about religious people. Right? He's talking about those who are not those pagans who are out there someplace, but he's talking about the, the Jewish religious people. Because as we saw in, in chapter 16, he says, they're going to throw you out of the synagogues. Well, who are they then? Those are the religious people. So even the religious people can be this way. And if you live like that, then you belong to the world and you are of the world. You're part of it. And Jesus said, the world loves its own. And, and we know that, don't we? We know that on, on several different levels. We like people, we like people that are just like us. And we are suspicious of those who are different from us. We want people to conform to the norm. We're, we're much more comfortable that way. And we, we promote and we proclaim and we even celebrate diversity and differences. And we say that we are all about freedom and that we're all about tolerance. Well, sort of. Sort of. But really, the bottom line is, we want the houses all the same. We want the street neat. And the orange splot is really unacceptable. In the 1750s in England, Jonas Hanway went out into the rain. And he was walking under what he called at that time a portable roof, cloth that was stretched over animal ribs. And, and there he was walking around in England with this thing over his head, and people thought that he was crazy. And they mocked him, and they made fun of him, and they gave him such a hard time ridiculous walking around London with a what umbrella see if you conform then you're okay if you conform to the world's norms and to its standards and if you buy into its trends and its philosophies and its beliefs and its values and in the case of the world leaving out God, a system that leaves God out, 
you will be accepted and you will belong. The world loves its own. But Jesus is saying here that you will be hated because you are not of the world. So reason number one for why Christians will be hated is, is that, that you're not of the world. But there's more to it than that. There, there's more to this than just not conforming. There's more to it than just not fitting in, just being different. So reason number two is that you are of Jesus. You are of Jesus. So you are not of the world because you are of Jesus. And Jesus has taken you out of the world. So here is this world, this fallen world, this world of sin, this world of, of, of leaving God out. And Jesus has taken you out of that. Now, before you get too snooty or self-righteous or pious, you need to remember that if you have been taken out of the world, it is by God's grace alone. It is not because you looked at the world and you saw something wrong with it and you looked at yourself and you saw something right with yourself and you thought, I have to get out of this world, but rather it is by God's grace that you have been taken out of the world. His grace, not to your glory, but to his. Jesus also said in John, people, including us, are lovers of darkness. But it was God who delivered us out of the domain of darkness, and it was God who transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. It was God who did that. Once you were not a people, Peter says, once you were not a people, once you were a people of the world, once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people of his own possession, called out of darkness and into his marvelous light. You are not of this world. He chose you out of the world, you are of Jesus. All of, all of it is grace. And I'll tell you, there are some times that I feel pretty invested in this world. I feel like I live in this world, and I feel like I'm in it, and I'm of it, and I'm, I'm in sync with it. And I know it's tunes, and I know it's cymbals, and I know it's stars, and I know it's music, and I know, I know all of it, and I fit in, and I'm just right in step, and I'm right in sync, and I'm like a hand in a glove. You ever feel that way? When you read a passage like this? And see, that's what Jesus does. And he, he takes this passage, and he puts it in our face, and we see it, and we go, that's not me. That's not who I am. I'm, I'm not that. I've been taken out of that. 
This is who I am. Therefore, verse 19, the world hates you because you've been taken out of the world. Now, why? Because the world hates Jesus. Why do they hate you? Because the world hates Jesus. Really? I mean, think about that. I mean, isn't that pretty strong language to say, the world hates Jesus? Now, do you really know people that hate Jesus? I mean, I know that there are people who don't love Jesus, and I know there are people who don't obey Jesus, and I know there are people who aren't followers of Jesus, and I know that there are people who maybe they don't believe in his miracles, and maybe they don't believe in his resurrection, you know, but they don't hate him. I mean, I know there's people who are, they just, they ignore him, they don't think about him, they're oblivious to him, and, but, but they don't hate him. I mean, how can you hate Jesus? I mean, when you think about, when everybody, anybody, I don't care where you are, any part of the world, any religion, when you think about Jesus, you think, well, you know, Jesus, he was, regardless of what you say, he, he was good, he was kind, and he was a healer. Maybe some people don't believe that, but they believe that he was a good person and, and that he was a good teacher and they taught wonderful truths and that he has uh, a, a book of sayings that people are followed that are really good and it's, it's good. But do they really hate him? Strong language. Whose language is it? Jesus' language. He uses the word hate seven times in this passage. Now, he's the one who knows. I mean, we say, well, I don't really hate. But Jesus comes along and says, no, you do hate. Well, who are you? Well, I'm Jesus. I'm the one who looks deep into your heart and knows who you really are. So Why? Why do they hate Jesus? And verses 22 to 25 explains why. And basically what it's saying is that Jesus came into a world of people, came into a world of people who, who thought that we, we weren't all that bad. And especially moral people, especially good people, especially people who really try to do the right thing, we, we think we're... We're not perfect, but we're pretty good. And religious people, we're, we're better than others. And then God comes down from heaven. Emmanuel, God with us, and walks here in this, uh, uh, around with the world. And he comes and he said, he said things that nobody ever said before. And he did things that nobody had ever done before. And he lived a holy life that nobody had ever lived like that before. And all of a sudden, our pretty good, it doesn't look very good at all. And the light came into the darkness. And it says earlier in John that the light came into the world and people loved darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. And it says, for everyone who does wicked things, everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be what? Exposed. 
exposed. People hate Jesus because people hate exposure. I don't want to be exposed. I don't want, to, I don't want what's deep inside of me, who I really am. I don't want that exposed. In Hebrews, it talks about how everybody stands naked, bare and naked before the God who sees all things. Exposed. People smash mirrors because they hate the image in it. And they hate the person holding the mirror. Get that? They hate the person holding the mirror. So if you are connected to Jesus, if you are of Jesus, if you shine the light of Jesus, then you will be hated too, according to verse 21, on account of his name. On account of his name. Now in verse 25, Jesus quotes the psalmist, probably Psalm 69, saying that this condition of hatred is is a fulfillment of prophecy that they hated me without a cause. So Jesus is pointing back to that. So here's where we are. Point number one, hate from the world. Two reasons why. Number one, you are not of the world. And number two, because you are of Jesus. Not too hard. You with me, everybody? Got that? Okay. Point number two, help from heaven. Help from heaven. Not only has Jesus told his disciples that the world will unleash their hatred against you, but Jesus also told them, oh, and by the way, I'm not going to be here. So there's the double whammy. Uh, yeah, the world hates us and I'm out of here. And so what that does then is that leaves you to take the brunt of it, that leaves you to, uh, both barrels are going to be aimed at us. So here's the question as you look at this. I mean, and you, as you think about these disciples, and Jesus is gathering them up a room there, and he's saying, you know, and you're going to be hated, you're going to be hated, you're going to be hated, and I'm going to leave. And you have to ask the question, why would anybody sign up for this? Why would, why would anybody want to do this? Why would anyone choose to be hated? And here's the reason. Because following Jesus is so worth it. It is even worth being hated by the world. It's that great. And verse 26 is so important as we live in the crosshairs of a hostile world. Verse 26, look at it. But when the helper comes... Whom I will send you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me. Now, in your notes, two ways to get help from heaven. Number one, the Holy Spirit is your helper. Jesus has not left us. He's leaving, but he's not left us alone to tough it out. After the Son of God, Jesus the Son of God goes up, the Holy Spirit of Jesus comes down. This is the spirit of Jesus. The spirit of the Jesus who experienced 
the full heat of hatred. He knows about hatred. The spirit of the Jesus who went to the cross and the grave and rose and he conquered. He conquered it and he conquered sin and he conquered every hateful enemy that was against us. And he is the one who is in you as his helper. That one is in you. He is the one who bears witness of who Jesus is and, who, and what he did and what he will do. But not only does the Holy Spirit help you by encouraging you while you're being hated, but the Holy Spirit also helps you to endure the hatred. The Holy Spirit also helps you to absorb the hatred. Now, how is that? Look at verse 27. And you also, you also, and you also will bear witness. Because you have been with me from the beginning. You see, while we are being hated, the Holy Spirit will bear witness in us. And will bear witness that we have the most important calling in all of the world. We have the most important calling in all of the world. We get to bear witness to Jesus. We get to declare and show and live out and talk about who Jesus is. We get to share the good news that Jesus loves haters. That Jesus loves God-haters. We get to share that. And we know that because we have experienced that. That's who we were. God-haters. The Holy Spirit came at Pentecost and immediately after the Holy Spirit came, Peter preached a sermon and he preached a sermon to Jesus haters and to Jesus killers. And what did he declare to them? The good news. He declared to them the good news. He said, this Jesus whom you crucified, you Jesus haters, you Jesus killers, is both Lord and Christ. And then he extends the invitation to them. Repent and believe and have your sins forgiven. That's what we get to do. That's what we're called to do. Two ways to be helped. Number one, the Holy Spirit is your helper. Number two, Jesus' words will help keep you. Verse, uh, six, chapter 16, verse 1. I have said all of these things to you to keep you from falling. Verse 4. But I have said these things to you that when their hour comes, you may remember that I told them to you. I've told you that these things were going to happen. Jesus spoke these words to us. And John recorded these words for us. And the Holy Spirit preserved these words for us. So that we would not be taken by surprise when opposition comes. When all of a sudden we have a problem and we have hate and we have struggle against our, our, our being a Christian. It's, it's not like, whoa, whoa, what happened here? What happened here? Where's God? We've been given those words so that Jesus can say, I told you that was going to happen. 
so that we wouldn't be taken by surprise when we face opposition or when people are suspicious of us or when we're misunderstood or when we're misrepresented, right? Or we're saying, oh, you're one of those. He warns us about that. Remember these words. These words will keep us. So hate from the world, but help from heaven. Okay, number three. How to bear witness in a context of hate. How to bear witness in a context of hate. Real quick, six, six things. Number one, enlist the word of God and the Holy Spirit helper to reinforce your faith. We just, that's what we just said. You can't handle hatred in your own strength. Right? The word's right from a mighty fortress is our God, right? You can't handle hatred in your own strength. Number two, be engaged in the world without being of the world. Be engaged in the world without being of the world. And that's what John's going to say, what Jesus is going to say in chapter 17 in another couple weeks. Be engaged in the world. Don't stay at a distance. Don't stay at a distance and throw your, and throw your gospel missiles over the fence. Don't stay at a distance and run up and, and, and slip a gospel track under your neighbor's door and knock on the door and then run away. Don't do that. Get up close, personal, develop relationships with the world. You may have to draw lines, yes. Don't stay at a distance. Number three, bear witness in love and let the truth offend. Bear witness in love and let the truth offend. Don't be a jerk. Don't be obnoxious. Don't be offensive in yourself. Live in a loving way, bearing witness, and if the truth offends, the truth offends. Number four, bear witness, don't hate back. Don't hate back. The judge of all of the earth was being crucified and being misrepresented and all of that, and he could have unleashed fire from heaven, but what did he do? He said not a word. He didn't open his mouth. Don't hate back. Number five, now get this. Overcome the drabness of the world by living out the beauty of the new creation in the kingdom of God the world without God is boring. The world without God is filled with hate. The world without God is ugly. The street may be neat, but it has no life in it. And we have the privilege of sharing the beauty of the life-giving, life-changing gospel. So here's what happened on Mr. Plumbean's street. The upset neighbors sent a representative from the neighborhood to go talk to him. And they told him, you have to tell him that his house has to be the same as ours so that we have a neat street. So the man went to Mr. Plumbean that evening. And he sat under the palm trees drinking lemonade and talking all night long. 
And Mr. Plumbing explained, my house looks like my dream. And the man who had talked with Mr. Plumbing all night, the next morning he went out and he got lumber and rope and nails and paint and he painted his house red and yellow like a ship. And the neighbor said, what have you done to your house? You're just like plumbing. And he says, it looks like all of my dreams. And one by one, the neighbors, his house story ends, one by one, the neighbors went to Plumbing's house at night and they were in the hammock and they drank lemonade and they talked to Mr. Plumbing and they went back and they made a house that looked like their dreams and the neighborhood was changed house by house. It's amazing the transformation that can happen when we faithfully bear witness to the beautiful Jesus, even in a world that hates. Let's pray. The Lord, forgive us for being sucked into the world and being just like it. When we have something beautiful to offer, we, we have something that the world really wants, but they're aching for, the love of Jesus and the beautiful new everlasting kingdom. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for these words this morning. Make our faith strong, not so that we can look down at the world in our, with, with our, in our piety, our self-righteousness but in humility love the world like you did, Jesus. In your name we pray, amen. Let's stand together and sing.